I'm going to call to order the June 14th meeting of the regular meeting of the Planning Commission for the City of Sausalito. Uh, with that, I'll turn in for the meeting. Yes, thank you, Chair. Good evening, Chair Luxembourg, Planning Commissioners, staff, members of the public. This evening's meeting is being held at City of Sausalito Council Chambers at 420 Litho Street and is open to members of the public. Members of the public may also access this meeting um, online, virtually, and provide public comment through Zoom. Before I call roll, I'd like to ask uh, Commissioner Feller if they are attending the Zoom meeting virtually pursuant to AB 2449's just cause or emergency circumstance provision. Uh, thank you, uh, Director Phipps, emergency circumstances. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Um, with that, I believe City uh, Planning Commission needs to make a decision to allow that. Um, if we could take a quick vote. Uh, I will call roll. Yeah, and Chair Feller needs to state at least a brief, give a brief synopsis of the of the emergency circumstances she's proceeding under and also state whether there are any adults in the room with her. The reason for the emergency is uh, a uh, business delegation, official delegation heads of state out of country, and there are no adults in the room with me. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, City Attorney Rudin. I will call roll uh, for the allowance of the emergency circumstance. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Uh, Vice Chair Junius? Yes. And Chair Luxembourg? Motion passes. With that, I will move to call roll to start the meeting. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Here. Commissioner Feller? Here. Vice Chair Junius? Present. Chair Luxembourg, we have achieved quorum. Thank you, Chair. So moved. So unfortunately, emergency circumstances as defined in the statute means a physical or family medical emergency that prevents the member from attending in person. I, I, I don't think that the facts that uh, Commissioner Feller had mentioned actually qualifies emergency circumstances. So I, I think Commissioner Feller can uh, attend potentially for just cause. Um, you know, if she's providing childcare um, or giving caregiving to a family member, has a contagious illness, or needs uh, has needs related to physical or mental disability that you know aren't being accommodated under state law, or is otherwise on travel on official business of the city. So otherwise, unfortunately, Chair Feller, you, or Commissioner Feller, you cannot attend remotely. Okay, then I will um, hang up if that's the case. You're gonna get your, your evening back, Christina. <laughs> it's not an evening, it's a morning. Or your day or whatever. <laughs> okay. Thanks for trying. Okay. Appreciate the clarification. Attorney Rudin, um, should I call roll again without Commissioner Feller? I think you can just note for the minutes. Okay, let's uh, just reflect that in the record. Thank you. Uh, Chair, back to you. Uh, we had a motion on the floor and was there a second on the approval? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are there any comments or questions about the agenda? 
Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Motion carries. Next item on the agenda are public comments for items not on the agenda. Director Fisk, if you could explain to the public how to chime in on this particular. Yeah, thank you, Chair. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations. State law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you'd like to make a comment, please raise your hand in person or in the Zoom application, and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when time has elapsed. And share, looking to the audience for raised hands, seeing none. Looking to virtual participants with raised hands, seeing none. Thank you. Thank you, Director Fitz. We'll move on to item four, Planning Commission Minutes. Uh, we have minutes attached for April 26, which is our last meeting. Uh, so moved. Uh, are there any questions or discussion regarding uh, yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Motion passes. Next item on the agenda are communications. Yes, a couple items for the Commission this evening. Uh, firstly, at yesterday's city council meeting, city council authorized the city manager to enter into a professional services agreement with New City America Incorporated to retain a consultant for investigation and potential formation of a Sausalito business improvement district. Uh, that would be in and around the commercial downtown area, uh, which is you know similar to the current H overlay. Um, however, Final design, final borders, and area uh, is being looked into and uh, is in progress. Staff look forward to exploring this potential opportunity with the consultant and will continue to keep commissioners apprised of project status. Uh, as a second item of communication, I am pleased to inform commissioners that HCD has found City of Sausalito's housing element in substantial compliance with state housing element law. This is a big win for CDD and the city, if I do say so myself. Uh, many thanks to the Housing Element Advisory Committee, the Planning Commission Working Group, our consultant, Beth Thompson of DeNovo, City Attorney Sergio Rudin, and CDD staff. And just by the way, City of Sausalito continues to be the only jurisdiction within San Mateo County that has an adopted and compliant housing element. So we look forward to carrying forward the housing element programs, including the rezoning initiatives that will reflect the new densities in our code. Thank you very much. Lastly, uh, as an FYI to commissioners, the Historic Preservation Commission will be commenting on the Ferry Landside Phase 1 project at tomorrow's HPC meeting. Following their comments and discussion, we plan to bring this item to the Planning Commission. So heads up. That does it for CDD updates. Thank you, Chair. 
judge like you, as well as uh, uh, members of the Planning Commission involved in the housing realm, the City Council involved in the housing element, along with uh, our consultants, DeNovo, and all the rest of the advisory group that worked on the housing element. So, uh, congratulations. Uh, with that, uh, we'll move on. Uh, Attorney Rudin, do you have any updates at this time? No, I do not. Um, although you're, my, I would comment that your mic may not be on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I apologize for that. Uh, with that, I will uh, move on. Again, I made congratulations for those who were not in the room uh, to, to all those involved in the housing element. At this point, we'll go on to Planning Commission working groups and look to Vice Chair Junius for an update on objective design and development standards. I think um, at this point, uh, with with my partner in crime, Commissioner Feller, not here, there's not a lot to report. We are kind of waiting for the... Um, the next steps of the housing element before we take another stab at the uh, objective standards uh, because they're they're closely related and we we don't want to kind of keep readjusting the objective standards based on uh, the housing element that we just got over the finish line and the zoning which is you know a, another heavy lift in the next uh, in the next year probably so we will be standing by to I think work maybe in parallel with the zoning ordinance uh, process and um, uh, but we, you know, again, to just to remind the public, we have a, we do have a set of objective standards to the extent we, extent we need them. It's not like we're drifting in the in the wind here. We just want to take the next step uh, uh, um, uh, when appropriate. So, thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Well, we'll move on to California Housing Legislative. Uh, also, Chair Junius and myself, could you give us an update? Are there any? New laws coming out of Sacramento. It's it's hard to keep up, but I'm not going to give a report tonight. So <laughs> next time I'll probably have something more detailed. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Um, the next item is standard conditions for approval for resolutions, which is an item that staff will be working on with uh, Vice Chair Junius and I uh, over the next several months. But there's no update on that this evening. Uh, the Ferry Landside Working Group, uh, we just got an update. Do you have any further update on... Uh, other than that, that will be coming back to us after it goes to historic. Uh, That's the update. Okay. Uh, housing element working group that we, uh, Commissioner Saad, we, uh, it's been approved, so we'll we'll go with that. Uh, okay. And uh, parklets. Uh, I'll give an update on that. I'm going to ask uh, um, uh, Attorney Rudin if you could come back, please. Uh, the last meeting back in April, you said you had one of your colleagues was working on a draft, and I know CDD is working, is waiting for that draft to pursue their work on this. Uh, could we have a date certain on that of when that would be coming to CDD? Yeah, I'm expecting a draft for my review by the end of this week, and then I anticipate working with staff the following week. Um, so probably sometime in July, I would expect to be coming to before the planning commission. Uh, that would be great. We, we, what we actually want to do is schedule a working group meeting probably sometime in July once you've had those two steps. So that would be great. Thank you very much. Uh, master plan working group, uh, uh, Commissioner Saad, any update on that? I think I'll actually defer to City Attorney Rudin um, based on an email that we received about uh, some potential concerns well, the city did put out an RFP uh, for um, 
for a consultant to prepare a master plan, the city did get zero responses um, that were responsive to a citywide master plan. Additionally, there are some potential concerns with respect to whether or not a citywide master plan is an appropriate document in light of the fact that it would have to be secondary to a city general plan and trying to figure out the exact scope of what that effort is without being duplicative of the general plan is, is an important step, so. Uh, okay, thank you, Attorney Rudin. And Commissioner Saad, uh, Director Phipps, any additional item on that? Uh, I'll, I'll just add that a working group was also created at the council level. And um, one of the items on my list for the coming weeks is to touch base with them in order to clarify uh, what exactly the scope of that RFP might look like if we do uh, so move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Director Phipps. I would just like to add, um, Director Phipps, if you could follow up with um, Commissioner Feller and I after that meeting, and perhaps if we can support you in any way prior to that meeting, just let us know. Will do. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, next item is Landslide Task Force with uh, Commissioner Feller on there. We'll defer that to the next meeting, I would guess, or unless you have any updates, uh, Director Phipps. Okay. Uh, next item on the agenda is public hearings. Uh, at this point, uh, we'll go through commissioners for any ex parte uh, communications. Um, uh, Commissioner Saad. Uh, no ex parte communications. I did visit um, and was let into the home at 145 Santa Rosa just to take some pictures and um, review the story polls. I did not have a chance to visit with the neighbors, uh, but I don't have anything to declare. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Nothing to declare. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, yes, I uh, when I visited uh, 145 Santa Rosa, uh, I happened to run into the applicants, uh, Peter and Heather, and they showed me just generally around uh, um, at the bottom uh, of the site. I couldn't get uh, onto the site. So it was just a brief uh, kind of happenstance meeting. Thank you. Uh, I uh, also met with uh, Peter uh, Johnson, the owner of 145, uh, Santa Rosa, he gave me access to the rear of the yard and the side yard, uh, and but there were no ex parte communications. I also met with Russell Zink, which was one of the abutters to the property of 155 Santa Rosa, and also no ex parte communications. So uh, with that, we'll move on to uh, the first item on uh, agenda for public hearings, which is 813-1817 Bridgeway. Uh, and um, uh, Director Phipps, uh, staff report on that. Yeah, thank you, Chair. We have uh, just prepared a short staff memo in connection with this item for Council's review. Uh, I will just summarize it briefly. Staff recommend that Planning Commission approve continuance of the application or of this project to a date uncertain. Staff uh, will schedule the matter as soon as City Departments and the Fire Department can complete review and comment on the adequacy of the revised plan and proper public notice has been provided in advance of public hearing review. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Director Phipps. If I could have a motion to that effect. So moved. Second, with just one note, um, I think the memo states Chair Feller. Uh, He's present. <laughs> as opposed to 
Um, Commissioner Feller, as oh, a point yeah. of just reference. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, second. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Zod. Uh, with that, uh, I will, before we take a vote on this, I want to open it up for public comment on this item. Uh, Director Phipps, if you could uh, manage that, please. Yes, thank you, Chair. Looking to the audience for any raised hands, seeing none. Looking to our uh, Zooms group, virtual group for raised hands, seeing none. Thank you. Okay, with that, could you take a, a roll call vote on that? Yes, Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Graff. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Motion passes. Uh, next item on the agenda is uh, 388 to 390 Sausalito Boulevard. Uh, with that, uh, Director Phipps, you're going to turn it over to Matthew for a staff report. I think. Yes, I will turn it over to Assistant Planner Matthew Mandage to provide a presentation. He will also be present for questions and discussion. And just give us one moment to load up the presentation. Hello, commissioners. Uh, Matthew Mandich, assistant planner. Um, probably never seen me up here before because this is my first presentation. So I'm excited to be giving it and excited to be here today. Um, this should be Hopefully relatively straightforward. Um, application before you today is a tree removal permit for 388-390 Sausalito Boulevard of One Bay Laurel Tree. Next slide, please. Um, this is the location of the site right here, 388-390. It's a duplex um, about a block away from where the slide was on Sausalito Boulevard several years back. Um, there's a street view of the house and the Bay Laurel in question. Uh, next slide, please. Um, project summary, again, removal of one bay laurel tree um, requested by the applicant and the owner, Marianne Pearson. Um, this is a heritage tree due to its diameter at breast height, which is 23 inches. It's located on the southeast corner of the property along Sausalito Boulevard, as you can see in that image there with the red circle. Um, it's less than one foot from the home, which we'll see in some photos coming up. It's undermining a series of retaining walls that are right there, which are those two lines um, adjacent to the tree. And um, it is considered a flammable species by Southern Marin Fire Department in their vegetation man management plan. Um, the arborist has also said that the tree carries a negative value equal to its price of removal. Um, there's some images from my site visit that I carried out on June 6th. Um, you can see how close the tree is indeed to the house, less than eight inches in the first photo there. You can see some of the undermining of the retaining walls I was speaking of in the previous slide as well from the subsequent images and just the overall proximity to the to the house. Next slide, please, thank you. Um, so findings, um, found that we could make two findings um, pursuant to the Sausalito code section right there. Um, first of all, A, that there is a potential hazard to property and proximity to an existing structure, and B, this would, or D rather, this would be a good pursuance of um, professional practices for forestry and landscape design. Um, although a replacement tree is typically required when one is removed, um, I would recommend no replacement tree in this case due to the fact that there is a live oak in the near vicinity. Um, that is T1 in the arborist report and the subject tree T5 right there, which is scheduled um, for or requested for removal. 
Um, and this would give the live oak, you know, more, more room to expand the canopy in that area. And it's a native species. Also the slope and the proximity to the house that we're dealing with is a really tight enclosure. So requesting a replacement tree in that area wouldn't seem prudent. Um, next slide. Recommendation is that the Planning Commission approve the requested tree removal permit um, through the adoption of the attached resolution. Um, and I would not recommend a replacement tree due to the reason just stated. And the only conditions of approval would be that the applicant apply for an encroachment permit uh, to carry out work in the public right away, considering that the tree is very close to both the house and the road, and they were likely have to be um, a chipper and work being done in the on Sausalito Boulevard to make this happen. So. Um, thank you, and any questions? Uh, thank you, Mr. Mandich. Uh, with that, questions of uh, of staff, anybody? I had a couple. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that encroachment permit, that's a simple over-the-counter permit, right? That, yeah. That just DPW. allows them to do work in the street while this yeah. is being done. Oh, great. Um, and then, um, nope, that was it. Thank you. All right. Other questions? Um, I just have one, which may be more for the applicant, but... There are a bunch of tree protection requirements in the arborist report. Is there beyond this room, just removal of this tree? Are there, is there any construction anticipated beyond this or it's just the removal of the tree? Just the removal of the tree. They're just worried about, you know, you can see how close it is to the home right here. And it's been a really wet winter, the slope giving way, the retaining walls, the whole system. They're just frankly worried about it impacting the home. And so are they requesting are we requesting because it's in the arborist report for them to put protection around the other trees when they take this tree down? That's usually for construction, but oh um, no, there's no no construction be undertaking as far as I'm concerned. So okay, so we're not necessarily going to require them to put fencing, fencing around around, the, around no, the other. That's what's in the arborist report. Right, right. I think that was just a suggestion and maybe due diligence by the arborist um, trying to cover all the bases, but. Talking to the applicant and on my site visit, she didn't mention any kind of construction going on. It was really just a concern about damage to property. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, with that, is there a uh, presentation by the applicant? No, applicant is not here today. Okay, thank you. Uh, with that, um, uh, should, uh, are there any additional questions of staff before we open it up for public comment? Uh, with that, uh, will uh, Director Phipps, if we could uh, undertake public comment for this item on the agenda. Yes, thank you, Chair. Let me just check the, firstly, check in the audience, seeing no hands raised, looking at the virtual meeting and seeing no hands raised. Thank you. Okay. Uh, does, I'll bring it back up to the dais. Are there, uh, Move to approve. Back on. Okay. <laughs> It's quite straightforward. Okay, thank yep. you. Director Phipps, can you call roll, please? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you. Uh, thank you all. Matthew, thank you for your first presentation. Thank you, excellent. Commissioners. The staff report as well was excellent. We're very pleased to see that Community Development Department is now fully staffed, and uh, congratulations. So. Well, thank you very much. Look forward to being up here more often. Here's uh, we will move on to the next item on the agenda, which is item 6C, 145 Santa Rosa uh, Avenue. Um, with that, I will turn it over to Mr. Toft. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg and members of the Planning Commission. I'm Neil Toft. <clears throat> I'm the uh, associate, excuse me, the 
uh, principal planner here at the city of Sausalito. And looks like I just made it in time, right on time. A uh, little bit of a backup uh, coming out of our one one lane road in Tiburon. So glad, glad I could make it here. Um, so this is an item that is a request for planning commission approval of design review permit for exterior renovations and the addition of approximately uh, 1300 square feet of floor area to a single family dwelling uh, at uh, 145 Santa Rosa Avenue. The additions do result in about a three foot six inch increase in the height of the structure, uh, the peak roof ridge height and additional projections of roof line and a new, basically a new third level composed of, uh, of uh, a high roof line and dormers. Uh, the project includes replacement of the carport with a new two car garage. The project site is an 8,890 square foot parcel on the uphill side of Santa Rosa. It is uh, currently developed with one primary residence and a detached garage, uh, excuse me, a detached carport. The site is somewhat landlocked uh, between surrounding parcels and is accessed via a private driveway easement. There is also an adjacent stairway on the property to the east at 143 Santa Rosa Avenue that extends along the east side of the property, uh, which is also part of an access easement for this and other properties. The structure is composed largely of one main living level with a uh, large basement area and a steep slope roof uh, with some expansive attic space. Due to the slope of the lot, the structure represents a two-story house towards the front and one story off the rear. Uh, the existing carport is a simple box structure with a flat roof and uh, retaining walls where it is somewhat tucked into the hillside. Um, I would note the applicants have recently received a, a zoning permit approval to construct recording in progress to uh, construct a detached ADU of 300 uh, accessory dwelling unit of 350 square feet of floor area that would be located in the southwest corner up um, uphill of the uh, dwelling. Um, this ADU has been ministerially approved per local code and state law. It is not a matter of consideration or review under this application. I'd also like to note the project, uh, the applicants did um, submit for a historic resource determination um, by the Historic uh, 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 Preservation Commission. <clears throat> the house is uh, fairly old and fairly intact from its original construction. However, um, based on the historic determination information packet, all the information provided uh, and the recommendation of staff, the um, commission did recommend, uh, did find that the site and dwelling, while old and intact, uh, does not qualify as a historical resource uh, per the uh, public resources code. So the applicants requesting design review approval to modify the dwelling and site in a variety of ways, um, improve the basement area, a uh, little bit of grading, but mostly um, creating a new main entry and adding 560 square feet of habitable space and uh, covering the uh, porch room at the, at the entryway. 
uh, renovating and expanding the ma main level uh, to convert the area entirely to dining, kitchen, office, and living area, and expand the attic uh, via shed roof dormers, uh, raising the floor level in the front area, um, extending the roof ridge and gable roof to the west elevation and pop outs to the east and south elevation. The new bedroom level will add about 1,117 square feet uh, to the building and doesn't contain two small outdoor balconies kind of tucked in um, where the where the north elevation kind of juts out and the east elevation connect um, those two areas. That's where the um, uh, balconies are. Um, the exterior modifications to improve these, to accommodate these improvements include a series of small pop-outs, extensions to the front and to the right side, and raising the main roof ridge by approximately three and a half feet uh, to maintain a pitched roof while accommodating shed roof dormers uh, for the third level. The exterior is proposed to be composed of off-white cement horizontal siding on the first and second level, cement shingle siding, a natural wood color on the upper level, a standing seam metal roof, uh, steel vertical railings and white uh, aluminum clad windows. The carport is the current 322 square foot carport is proposed to be replaced with a 400 foot square, square foot garage um, that would complement the building in terms of form and materials. Uh, the applicants are also proposing to modify the front retaining walls to provide a more direct stairway access to the garage and a flat landing area at the new entry at the uh, bottom basement level. Uh, no significant <clears throat> other significant site work grading uh, landscaping is proposed. <clears throat> In the staff report, uh, we identified several objectives, policies, and programs from the land use and growth management element. The community design, historic cultural preservation element, and the circulation and parking element. We discussed these. The parcel is located in the medium low density residential district. It's developed with a single family dwelling. It's meant to continue as a use, as well as having an approved uh, accessory dwelling in it. The use and design are consistent with the general plan land use designation and the proposed design. Uh, materials and colors complement the surrounding neighborhood and the historic character of the community. Um, so in conclusion, we recommend it is consistent with the identified general plan uh, goals and policies and programs applicable to this type of development. In terms of zoning, it is located in the R16 single family zoning district. This is low density detached single family residential land use. Uh, we have analyzed the project. It is consistent with the development standards of the zoning ordinance, but is subject to design review permit approval, uh, as well as because the FAR proposed in conjunction with the ADU does exceed the 80% uh, of the permitted FAR, it is subject to heightened review findings for design review. Uh, additionally, we noted the side yard setbacks, um, two of the existing uh, to the east and the west side, um, those elevations slightly intrude by a few inches into the five-foot setbacks. Uh, expansion on these, um, because they are being uh, raised in height somewhat, 
is permitted under as a side yard structural projection uh, subject to a few standards, which we, we identified in the staff report. Uh, it is consistent with those standards. Uh, however, um, this adds to the approval. It is um, part of allowing these projections is that it is subject to design review. So that's part of the design review permit approval. In terms of the design review permit, uh, the, in general, the project does not attempt to replicate the structure, but it does build off the existing footprint and envelope. Um, while modernizing the dwelling, it does uh, to you know current codes and standards. Uh, it generally maintains the character of a structure, somewhat 20th century um, cottage, you know, certainly larger, but a lot of architectural forms and um, modulation and detailing, uh, particularly with the combination of the uh, gable and shed roofing. The structure being a combination of two stories towards the rear and three stories towards the front is consistent with the general development pattern of the neighborhood and the scale of other buildings in the neighborhood. It will not result in a prominent building profile relative to the hillside or certainly the ridgeline. It's not near a ridgeline. And it does not require significant changes to the landscaping or tree removal, minimizing light and air impacts to adjacent property and no major grading is required. Uh, further, the upper level balconies are rather small. They're part of the bedrooms and they're rather tucked into the, to the, uh, where the front elevation is um, kind of the two parts of the elevation meet itself. And so this has bedrooms and these small balconies reduces privacy impacts to surrounding neighborhoods. Uh, in the staff report, we did discuss uh, communications we've received identifying privacy impacts to the downhill neighbor at 155 Santa Rosa Avenue. Um, certainly the extension in height and the projection forward of the bedroom does uh, present some potential privacy impacts to the rear elevation and or yard area of that property. However, the project is designed to maintain or otherwise improve the uh, it's basically building on the existing uh, building and there is a significant amount of, of vegetation and landscaping um, between uh, this pro the project site and uh, 155. It's over 100 yard, 100 feet distant. Um, and the uh, the applicants have provided some photographs as well from their uh, attic space, which came as a late mail item, uh, which really demonstrates some of the vegetation that really um, obscures that, uh, that view down to that property. Um, in terms of parking, the project is designed to maintain or otherwise improve the availability of parking and ease of movement. And there are several parking spaces on Santa Rosa Avenue. Granted, Santa Rosa is like many streets in Sausalito, uh, fairly narrow and challenging to negotiate at spots, but in this particular neighborhood, there are a number of parking spaces uh, below and has generally been some parking available during daytime hours. Um, we've discussed um, privacy regarding the downhill neighbor. Um, in terms of views, uh, while the proposed improvements will raise the roof line, expand the building footprint slightly, the structure is located on a steep hillside. 
Surrounding properties are fairly distant and do not enjoy primary views directly over the structure. Uh, the most impacted site we've uh, seemed to feel it might be uh, the property at 144 Spencer Avenue. Uh, that is a three level structure located well above the site. It is to the west of it. Um, and it has expansive views out towards Richardson Bay and Mount Tam. Um, the increase in roof height would extract and obstruct only a portion of views of some harbor views from the most lowest levels of that building and a lower level outdoor space. Um, so it's it's a pretty relatively uh, limited impact to that property and virtually no other impacts to other any other surrounding properties. Um, as such, the pro project is located and designed to minimize obstruction of both public views and pri primary views from private properties. And we recommend that it is consistent with the requisite findings, including heightened review findings that can be made to approve the design review permit. Now we do note there has been public comment, uh, which was attached to the staff report. We had five letters that came in uh, later, uh, which are attached to the agenda. Um, many of the stated concerns do not apply directly to the uh, project design and the design review findings. Rather, uh, a number of comments applied to the ADU, the accessory dwelling unit, um, or the maintenance of the driveway and or concerns regarding construction activities. And response to the concerns regarding the ADU and the parking, we note for number one, the, the state law and our current ordinance consistent with state law does not require an additional parking space. Uh, for an ADU in this location, it is just within the half mile radius uh, or distance to a, uh, a bus stop. Uh, and regardless, they do have a um, guest parking. In addition to the two compliant parking spaces in the proposed garage, they have two guest parking spaces. Um, regardless, uh, the ADU has been approved. It is not a matter of review at this time, and we cannot impose conditions on the ADU development. Regarding the driveway and the stairs, these are located within a private easement. Uh, we've attached the records of survey, and the city has no authority to regulate um, or mediate private agreements uh, through this design review process. Uh, there's concerns about the stability of the foundation uh, relative to the new garage. Um, that will be addressed as a matter of building permit review and approval. Um, the city also will apply conditions of approval, which are in the resolution to provide a required construction management plan to uh, outline how staging and construction activities can be done to minimize impacts to surrounding neighbors and maintain access to the public right-of-way. Uh, we do have standard conditions of approval for drainage and utilities plan in conjunction with um, the proposed renovation. Uh, further, hours of operation, the hours of construction are established under the municipal code. And that is also reflected in the conditions of approval. So in conclusion, we recommend the commission approve the project as proposed based on the findings and conditions of approval outlined in our uh, attached resolution. And do you have any questions? Uh, 
Mr. Toth, thank you very much for your report. Again, staff report was excellent and thorough, and you've identified the various issues. So we really appreciate uh, the thorough work there and thorough work this evening. Uh, before we get to questions, I do have one clarification. On the garage, um, on the north side of the garage, which would be the right as you're looking at the garage, that's, that, is that a front yard setback? Is that why, because it's like about a foot and a half from the line. So is that because that's a front yard setback, even though it feels like a side, but technically that's the front yard? Yeah, it's well, as an accessory structure, it's it can encroach up to three feet into that side, into that front yard. But it's not a front yard. It's it's a it's a it would be a side yard, a, a secondary side yard setback. It'd be a secondary side, okay, because the yeah. front yard. Front yard setback is zero in this district. So, um, but so what would yeah, that, but a front yeah, and a front yard would be against a street. So, I I don't think we would argue that that's that a front yard setback would apply against a private against a secondary property line. Okay, so it's a secondary. Uh, so what would the setback requirement be? It would be three, two feet. If you're saying it can encroach three feet, it can encroach up to up to three feet as long as it's offset, uh, equally offset. And so it, it also applies under that um, projections into side yard setbacks. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. And I, I apologize. I did not point that out as clearly in the staff report. Okay. Thank you. Um, with that, uh, I have some other questions, but let me go to other commissioners first. Um, uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, what I was wondering is, is uh, does this require, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, pardon me. Uh, does this require uh, any kind of a landscape plan to show uh, what might be changed because of the construction or is that not a requirement? A, a landscaping would be required, uh, particularly with a building permit. Uh, we didn't require a landscape plan for this um, particular site because most of the the perimeter and edging is not proposed to change in any way. The only landscape change is really in that very front yard um, uh, entryway where they've got the um, the stairway and kind of the flat area proposed. So otherwise they're otherwise they're really working within the footprint of the building and the um and some slight expansion of the garage. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> I have no other questions. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Commissioner Saad. Uh thank you for the staff report. Just to uh further expand um on what you just said. Can you just reiterate the the city does not have any bearing on a private easement? Is that what I understood you to say in terms of the public comment that we received about potential damage, et cetera? That has nothing to do with the jurisdiction of the city. Well, the city cannot sort of regulate or mediate uh, a private easement or agreements about a private easement or oversee or enforce the requirements or conditions of a private easement. Um, or we certainly would be, um, we would not recommend going in that direction of trying to do so. Uh, we regulate um, the private, uh, the public right of way 
um, through conditions and requirements through public works department uh, to make sure you know access to properties is provided and so on so we you know this is an interesting situation granted it is a narrow driveway that serves a variety of properties um, but the city can't specifically regulate how that is done particularly um, maintenance issues um, those maintenance agreements or how they you I think you've seen in some of the uh, letters suggestions about changing the agreements of who pays for what etc um, that would be problematic what we're really approving here is a design a design solution and um, we're providing conditions of standard conditions of approval for construction um, and certainly will try to assist and help in any way. But, uh, you know, to be able to provide assurances that there would never be an obstruction of the right of way at any time, as you've seen in some letters, uh, deliveries um, of all types to any of the residences have at times created blockages of the driveway. So um, if we get our staff, if we get involved in that, then we'll, it's it's a, it becomes a, a kind of a rabbit hole. It could be a rabbit hole. And we certainly can't condition the applicant to um, perform in ways other than what, you know, already exists in the agreement. So I, I guess try to put it very simply, we don't have authority to regulate private easements and how they are managed or maintained. Okay, that was very helpful. Thank you. I see attorney Rudin. Yeah, I, I, I was going to concur with, uh, with our staff. That is all. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you both for clarifying just for my own knowledge. And then uh, just because um, I don't have the plans up in front of me, but when you were referring to the um, the side yard setbacks uh, that are going to, I think it's 10.40009, the um, side yard structural projections. Did you happen to have um, how far out the structural projections are did you just say a few inches i just was having a hard time looking at it on the plans well on the on the do to do, do on the right side on the table of the zoning table what i i determined is on the right side which is would be facing westward um, they maintain a setback of four feet, six inches. So that's a six inch intrusion into the five foot okay. setback, but it's at an angle. And, and then the, that face of building offsets because the property lines kind of go in a somewhat in a V shape, they sort of expand out. So nothing's at perfect angles. And then the, on the other side, it's four feet, five inches. So you've got about a uh, seven inch encroachment into the setback there. But then as you can see, the it's part of the standards or the requirements for doing those encroachments. One is that the face is more than um, offset uh, the amount that it goes into it and that the whole elevation is uh, more than five feet and that at no point are you closer than three feet. Thank you for the clarification and the staff report. That's all I have. Um, 
Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Sog. And, and then, sorry to add, just add on, as you can see here, the carport does extend close to uh, three and a half feet from that setback, but then quickly um, resolves away from it. So that's that's more than more than enough setback. Uh, I mean, I, again, the, the is there a front setback in this in this diagram though? What would the the well? I think the diagram may not show it, and I I'm I'm not sure if it indicates that, but I would, and I'd have to double check the the code, but I would look at the typically you don't you apply a front setback to a street, and then a, for a landlocked parcel, you'd you'd have to apply at least side setbacks and maybe one um, you know one rear setback based on what you know what is kind of the established rear of the property i see okay i, I get it since it, it i mean it I got an address on santa rosa but yeah. it's not actually on it on the public like on a through parcel you might have no setbacks on both sides and i, I, I see yeah. uh come uh, vice chair junior's question thank you chair feller thank you neil for the great report um I mean, these are really unusual situations that we find a lot of in Sausalito where you've got a landlocked parcel surrounded by other homes, no real street access or frontage. So, um, but I think isn't it, to, to kind of simplify things to some extent, the, the footprint of the existing building really isn't getting much bigger. It, the, the, most of the addition is going up, right? So they're about 1300 square feet being added to the home. That's correct. That's correct. With only a three and a half foot increase in height. Right. So the sloped roof is getting a little flatter filling in with dormers and, and cool little rooms and stuff. But that's that's like what we're seeing here. Correct. That's all I have. That's thank you. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. I just have a couple quick questions. Uh, the, uh, the CMP, the Construction Management Plan, uh, does talk about uh, uh, various construction issues. And I just want to make sure it can cover, even though it's a private easement, I think it does cover or should be covering deliveries, uh, park cars, carpooling for uh, uh, for contractors, those types of issues mm. can be covered by the CMP, even though this is a private easement. Is that correct? Yeah, what we would uh, what we would be looking for in the CMP is at least for the contractor, because typically it's up to the contractor to really figure out how they're doing the project, how they're staging, what what is not every contractor works with the same type of equipment and people. So the contractor would identify how they're planning to manage the construction, where they're going to stage equipment um, at different phases, and um, how they'll manage deliveries. Now, what we're generally asking for is, you know, give us a uh, give us a concept on how you're going to do it, and um, and at our building permit, at our planning level, or public works department can give some feedback. Is this going to work? Are there, are there red flags? Um, it's, it's really just an effort to get the contractor to be aware that, you know, that it's important that they um, be cognizant of various issues and they start committing to at least trying to, um, you know, manage the pro manage the project in a way that minimizes impacts to surrounding properties. Now we, we all know nothing nothing runs perfectly. There's always hitches or something happens, but we'll 
it's it's a it's the first step to really try to get construction management on the uh, on the mind of the uh, contractor and the applicant as well, the property owners. So when you do that as part of the building permit process, the the, the steepness of the road, the fact that trucks could be blocking because it's so narrow, are all taken into it's a very specific. It's a, it's not a it's not a generic construction management plan. It's very specific to the no. Okay. And then there's also a vegetation management plan that the fire department's requiring, uh, which is uh, not, not, we used to include those with our conditions, but that's now, but that will become out as a part of the building permit process as well. That's correct. We work with in hand in hand with the fire department. They're really their own jurisdiction. So they enforce and regulate those things. But our job is to really let the property owner and the applicants know um, up front at this point, these are the things they got to start looking for. And then as part of the building permit, they'll have the fire department will be part of that um, process as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, other questions of staff before we have an applicant presentation? Uh, with that, is uh, who's presenting for the applicant? Uh, if you could come up and give your name and address for the record, that would be appreciated. Good evening. Um, Heather Hensley, property owner, 145 Santa Rosa Avenue. Uh, my husband's also on Zoom, um, Peter Johnson. <laughs> And hopefully my architect or my husband can pull up a presentation um, that we had. Uh, if the Zoom team can make them uh, co-host, that would be appreciated. Oh, thank you so much. This is Tom McElroy. Can anyone hear me? Oh, our, yeah, architect, our architect is on as well. Yes. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, I, oh, here's my video. Okay. Hello. And I can try to share a screen. It just says it's disabled. So uh, I could share, you know, the presentation for Heather. Mr. McElroy, you should be able to share. Um, and same with Mr. Johnson as appropriate. Okay. Let me try now. Okay. Great, thank okay. you. All right. Okay, next slide. <laughs> we'll go quick. Um, so this is our family. This is me and Peter and our, our daughter, Dot. Um, she's one year old and um, we're expecting a baby boy in the fall. Um, we moved to Sausalito in 2018, and then we purchased our home in 2020. Um, Peter is, uh, he works in finance for the solar industry, and I'm an attorney um, representing school districts and cities, primarily SFUSD. Um, and we also have a crazy border collie mix named Tommy. <laughs> Next slide. Um, the house in its current state, it's two bedrooms, it has one bathroom and one half bath um, and two very, very small closets. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll need a bit more space as our family grows. Um, when we purchased the home, 
Um, it was sold to us with plans that the, the previous owners had drawn up with an architect. Those, of course, weren't submitted for approval yet. Um, but then, you know, in the house, we've also seen plans from various owners throughout the years. So it's it's very clear uh, to us that previous owners have intended to, to modify the home in some way as well. Um, the the condition of the house is um while it, it was built in 1927 we believe that's just one portion of it and there have been lots of additions over the years and there that comes with that um kind of in uh in interior design that is very incohesive uh the floors don't match the 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 inside kind of design doesn't really match so we'd love to to address that um we also were aware when when we purchased the home that there were some foundation issues that we needed to address um, and the windows and doors were um, are fogging and rotting in many places so we'll need to address those um, there is a very 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 small kitchen um, that allows for probably about one and a half feet of actual working countertop space um, so we'd love to uh, improve the size of that just to allow for um, our cooking needs. Both Peter and I love to cook. So, um, and the, the the very the carport um, is very low, such that we can't open our trunk currently in our car. We have to kind of park outside of it. Um, so we'd love to address that. And also, it's um, very damaged due to insects. Um, and we have three floors currently, as um, the commissioners have discussed. Um, we are trying to stay within the footprint as much as possible and we have three floors we're just trying to kind of um, make them connected as well so so they're all inaccessible so we'd love to put interior stairs so that we can uh, access all of them next slide um we will have a goal of maintaining the the current aesthetic and feel of the house um we really loved it and that's why we purchased it so we're just trying to kind of expand such that it meets our family's needs but um also maintaining the the small cottage feel that we love um both peter and i work from home and our families live out of state um so providing a space for them to come visit and stay um visit their grandchildren would be uh, great and also uh, Peter and I having some office space would be uh, really nice as well. Um, and yeah, next slide. Uh, we, um, Tom, our architect, will go into this in more detail, but um, keeping the, the Sausalito aesthetic or incorporating the Sausalito aesthetic that we love is really important to us. Um, as you can see with this rendering, we're adding that front porch area. Um, we see a lot of those in the flats, and we really love that idea. And um, Chair Luxembourg, the the houses behind you in that painting um, in in Fort Baker, they have a lot of those those porches as well, which we're we're trying to incorporate. Um, and then of course the the siding, um, you see that everywhere, as well as um, the window style. Next slide. Um, sustainability is also really important to us. We hope to add solar panels and rainwater collection um, and hopefully gray water usage in our garden where, where permitted. Um, and we're converting as much as possible to, to 
uh, gas, or excuse me, from gas to electric, and we're adding a metal roof. All of this with um, sustainability and fireproofing in mind. Next slide. Um, Tom, our architect, will go into more detail about this, but we've we've done as much as we can. We feel to to outreach to our neighbors. Um, and to include them in the process of our design and, and get as much feedback ahead of time as possible. Um, we uh, just wanted to <laughs> show you some of the positive comments that we've received about the design itself, as those are indicated on the slide here. Um, but yeah, we, we've uh, put in a lot of effort to, to, to reach out to our neighbors here and have received some positive, a lot of positive feedback as well. Um, next slide. And then, um, as Neil mentioned, um, there are some driveway concerns that were submitted. Um, we just wanted to to show that um, the uh, there are that I suppose large trucks are um, able to come up often. We get delivery from uh, UPS and FedEx often, and they are able to turn around in our spot easily, as well as moving trucks and large delivery trucks. Um, you just have to kind of explain to them the process of, of turning around at the top. And if um, the truck is too large, then you kind of manage it to, to um, do it in a different way. So that would all be a part of the construction management plan that, that um, Mr. Toft went into. And um, I just wanted to clarify as well that I think most of you have been to the property, but uh, we're at the very top. So any sort of blockage issues would um, not really be res a result of, of trucks coming to our property because hopefully um, the project is approved, the, the carport area could be kind of torn down and used as a staging area um, for trucks to kind of use that area. So there would be no reason for trucks to kind of stop or block, be blocked um, along the driveway, if that makes sense. So, okay, I'll, I'll turn it over to Tom. Hey, um, uh, between Neil and Heather uh, and myself, I don't want there to be too much repetition. Um, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, the existing house was built in 1927. Uh, as everyone has said, it was uh, composed of a single story of living space over an unfinished basement with an attic above. Um, the basement is walk out the front crawl space at the rear. The living spaces are not connected. The goal is to connect the um, living spaces to create a three-story house, uh, maintain the overall aesthetic and hillside cottage character of the existing house. Um, and we keep talking about the amount of square footage being added. And I just want to remind everyone that that is capturing existing square footage in which you cannot stand up or uh, access or live because it's too, too low or not conditioned or disconnected. Um, and so it's not necessarily increasing the mass of the house by twofold. It's adding um, a several hundred square feet of additional square footage outside the mass of the building, but the actual um, total envelope, excuse me, footprint is not changing dramatically. Um, uh, okay, sorry. Looking down from above, uh, as we have talked about, the landlocked parcel has no frontage on a public street. Uh, there's a shared easement connected to the northeast corner of the lot to Santa Rosa Avenue. 
uh, although the parcel is in a dense neighborhood due to the topography and mature vegetation and generous spacing between the houses, there is a sense of privacy. Um, as we planned the remodel and upgraded the exterior, we ensured that our proposed building materials are compatible with surrounding context and most elements we're proposing can be found among the immediate neighbors, including shingle siding, horizontal siding, steel railings, balconies, decks, multiple windows facing the views. Uh, this rendering shows where the proposed materials will be located, as Heather was talking about a minute ago. Uh, we have shingle at the top story, at the top part of the garage, the bottom part of the porch, uh, horizontal siding on the rest of the body of the building. Um, this building and much of Sausalito being in a WUI zone uh, code will require the materials to be fire resistant. And so these shingle and horizontal siding materials will be of a fiber cement makeup. Um, some proposed details that maintain the character and style of the existing house include pitched roofs, shed style dormers, bay window, divided light windows, and uh, these elements as well help to break up the overall mass of the building and maintain the um, character and charm of the existing house. Uh, the following are some renderings showing the existing and proposed house in its immediate context. Um, these illustrate the massing and how it's compatible with the footprint being minimally expanded. Uh, this is proposed, this is aerial view. Uh, next one is a sort of a bird's eye view of the hill and the surrounding context with a approximate uh, rendering um, in place and a third view a little bit closer existing and proposed. And so since the majority of the proposed expansion is uh, an increase in roof height to create living space, I thought I'd share these building sections. These give dimensions. The top row represents the north gable with existing on the left, proposed dormers at the far right. Uh, the bottom row represents the east gable. The proposed wall heights of the dormer sides are approximately seven feet at the primary bedroom bathroom and eight feet at the loft. So these are modest heights and spaces. These are not extra tall rooms. Um, the bulk at the edge of the building was uh, kept in mind during design. Um, this long cross section illustrates the pattern in the neighborhood, which is houses tucked into the hillside where the uphill portion is typically walk out on grade uh, with a deck or a garden and downhill portions appear taller uh, with more floor levels visible, downhill portions typically have more, more windows and doors, balconies facing the view. And the following images are some examples of this condition. This is 155 Santa Rosa with um, walkout garden on the left. On the right, from, viewed from below, it appears much taller. 144 Spencer, same thing, garden on the left, downhill view on the right. 134 Spencer, far left is the uphill side porch on the right are the balconies seen from below and then the subject property 145 Santa Rosa garden and view from the driveway. Uh, once we had a plan in place we did our due diligence as Heather mentioned contacting immediate nearby neighbors about two weeks prior to submittal for the permit. Um, the names and addresses highlighted in yellow are those who received contact and floor plans and elevations two weeks before we submitted. Um, the green portion of this diagram represents the 
right of way driveway easement that's shared by 145, 143, and 141 Santa Rosa. Uh, maintenance and cost of the driveway are equally shared among the owners. We are aware of concerns about the safety and up drainage from the existing driveway easement, as well as 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 well as concerns about access and potential damage during construction. As we have discussed, um, part of the approval or construction process will be to implement a construction management plan with the contractor to address easement access, deliveries, worker parking, noise, debris, et cetera. And we are aware that drainage on and from the site is to be addressed with public works. Uh, we visited multiple sites um, and neighbors on their lots prior to and after story poles were installed. Um, the following photos are. Um, I just want you to know you've got about 25 seconds left, so oh I don't boy. want you to get cut off. So just oh. think accordingly. Okay. Well, Thank these photos are taken from 155 Santa Rosa Avenue. Um, and as of today, I believe that the hedges at the top of this image toward the subject property have been trimmed. So there, there is some more visibility, but overall there is, uh, there are other properties visible from 155 Santa Rosa Avenue. The here you can see the story poles above the hedge. Um, and then vegetation, it gets largely blocked as you move throughout the site. Um, and then from other properties. Mr. McElroy, thank you very yeah. much. Okay, thank you. Uh, with that, we will now have questions from uh, from the um, from the dais here. Uh, anybody want to start? Uh, I see any hands raised. No, Mr. Saad, I see you nodding. Um, thank you, guys, for the presentation. Can you go back? And this could just be a color um, issue from my screen, but I think it was at the beginning of your part of the presentation um, from the architect. I'm seeing more, much more of a gray color and you had much um, a lighter color on the siding. Can you just explain the colors um, just for clarification, please? Yeah. I think on your um, drawings, it says fiber cement horizontal siding and then it says painted. And I just want to clarify what that painted color is going to be? We don't have a specific, uh, like an actual call or a number from a, a manufacturer, but this would be an off-white, like a, a, a warm, creamy white tone. Okay, so not necessarily that gray cement color that um, leads, no. leads your proposed rendering. Correct, and th there is shading on this, and this is, of course, approximate um, computer image. And so colors are not um, exact, but if, you know, if, if that's required, I can come up with, with that with the uh, homeowners. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to clarify since it looked a little different. And then can you just expand a little bit on the top um, in terms of the height, since some of the comments were around um, the height at the very top? Could you go back? You, you were mentioning, I believe, the eight feet. But if you can just expand in terms of the design at the height, top height of the building, if that is um, from a design element, is that a um, needed development for um, structural support? If you could just expand sure. a little bit on that height. And if I may, Commissioner, uh, the applicant team has the opportunity to share their screen if uh, they so please to assist in answering Commissioner's question. 
Oh, am I, am I no longer sharing? Correct. That actually would be great if we could look at look at it on the screen, please. Okay. Can we see the screen now? Yes, we can see. You can see the diagram. Um, these are the building cut sections. Yes. Okay. Uh, the top row, starting at the left, where the cursor is, this is the existing section. This is at the north elevation um, of the building. So it's about a seven and a half foot, you know, ridge in the attic. Um, and then on the bottom left is the east gable. So you have about a six foot nine height. So we're taking each of these roof um, and maintaining the pitch and lifting them about three and a half feet to achieve um, and the attic floor level will remain the same on the east gable and on the fourth gable it is being raised to be at the same level as the east gable so the top third floor will all have the same floor level and the, the roof at the same pitch because we like the style and the shape of the roof is being raised up vertically and so the middle section cuts represent the resulting roof form just raised up three and a half feet in each of those locations and the far right is very heavy dormer so the dormer roof pitch is much more shallow than is the existing steeper pitch and so they're flattened out so that you can have you know full almost full height vertical wall so at the edge of the bedroom they're about seven feet when you walk up to the edge to the um east and west of the bedroom and the bathroom the wall is about seven feet and in the loft um, facing east it's a little bit higher just because that floor level is already where it is and so that is about eight feet at the side walls does that answer your question yes the measurements are definitely helpful but um did you explore at all reducing the pitch um on, I'm sorry, because I'm at an angle and my eyesight is poor. The proposed section, middle, bottom, middle on the gable, I believe, is that the pitch, um, one of the pitches that remain? It is. So that's the east gable. Um, right. And so, no, we did not look at a steeper roof angle here. Um, I think that that would limit the usability of that space anywhere where there wasn't a dormer. Okay, so this was designed with the intent to create enough space to have it, this is not, what I'm trying to understand is from a structural support versus a living habitable space versus a design, um, the intention on that on the pitch um, for those gables. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of um, everyone appreciating the existing pitch and within the style that it creates but also the fact that you know to get up there and walk left to right without hitting your head too quickly um they need to be at a certain height um and so anywhere where there's not a dormer it's much more restricted in terms of how how wide the room is but then when the where there is a dormer yes that that becomes a little bit more of a full width room you can walk side to side without hitting the ceiling um thank you 
I appreciate yeah, the welcome. explanation. That's all I had. Um, Thanks, Commissioner Saad. Uh, other comments? No. Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to allow you to go back because I am interested pursuant to Commissioner Saad's question about the height. If you could go back to the photographs you were showing, I think of 155 Santa Rosa, and you okay. were about to make some points, and then we were rushing you through. But I would like to hear that part of the presentation, if you could. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so we visited, this is prior to story poles being installed. We visited uh, 155 Santa Rosa. So I'm looking south toward the subject property, which you can see peeking up. Um, this is the north gable um, above a hedge row. I'm standing in the driveway, 155 Santa Rosa Avenue. Um, and as we moved around the lot, this is just illustrating that there are other um, buildings toward the south that are visible um, through the vegetation. Um, and then as we moved forward toward the south, standing in the patio area, this is after story poles were installed, um, just illustrating the, the visibility of a portion of the top of the gable and the top of the dormer. This was taken by one, this is taken by Heather or Peter, not myself, just to clarify. Um, and as they moved around the site to look at the story poles from different points of the patio, again, the existing vegetation starts to screen that. And then this is for the south end of the lot of 155 Santa Rosa Avenue, there is a guest house. And so this is looking up over that guest house at the um, proposed story poles. And then this was turning around, looking in the opposite direction from 155 Santa Rosa Avenue toward the bay. Just to kind of give an overall view of the, the lot. Okay, thank you. That's that. Yeah. That was appreciated. Uh, I'm sorry. May I ask a question based sure. on that question? Sure. Could you kindly go back uh, to those images, looking at 155, where you had uh, just another uh, one more? I mm, sorry. I think you need to go one forward. From this perspective, can you can you state just where on the design? in those story poles roughly are there are there windows on that on that side yes there are this so this would be the primary bedroom <clears throat> location and there is a a small square window within the shed dormer here and there are a couple of windows uh with a triangle at the top and rectangles below in this area here and can you please comment, because I believe the staff report said to address some of those concerns that they were mostly intended for light, but could you just expand on the size of those windows? If you have that. I believe the staff report is referring to the windows on the building at 155 Santa Rosa Avenue. Okay, that could be my mistake. Um, I'll, I'll look in the drawings at the same time. Um, do you um, have the dimensions of those um, proposed windows for that location? I can get those for you before we're done. I, I, yes, I can. I can pull them up pretty easily. And I don't mean to hold it up. If you want to look for them, I can let other commissioners ask questions as well. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, any other comments? Uh, 
So and with this point, we will open it up for public comment. Uh, Director Phipps, if you could uh, manage that process, please. Certainly. Thank you, Chair. Uh, we will start with hands raised from the audience. Looking to the audience for raised hands. Gentlemen in the blue, please step forward. Please state your name and address for the record. And you have three minutes. On one four four Spencer Avenue. I uh, bought my house in So anyway, it's, it's fine by, by us. Thank, thank you. Thank you for your comment. Looking to the audience for additional raised hands. Sir, please step forward. Please state your name and address for the record. And you have three minutes. You'd have to clarify exactly what slide deck you'd like me to select. Is this related to public comment previously provided? What about? I don't remember the name. Wow. This PDF, it is submitted on June 12th. I think it's the IDK It's the same. Same thing. It's the same. Give me one moment. Is this what you're referring to, sir? There were two versions and hopefully this is the right one. All righty. Feel free to feel free to direct me. Okay, thank you. My name is Russell Zink. I live at 155 Santa Rosa with my partner, Sean Calloway. We uh, bought the home in 2006, and it has spectacular bay views and a beautiful garden, which is kind of unusual for Sausalito. We have about two-thirds of an acre, mostly flat, um, that we've turned into a really um, beautiful garden. Um, we spoke with Peter and Heather originally, and we had made up this list, and um, that was in October, and then there were just a couple things they, they modified. They had an ADU over the garage, and that came off. So other than that, the concerns still remain the same, and that is around the height of the new construction. If you would skip to slide four. So this shows the house as it is, and our house is the one below it. The kind of the big difference is the dormer that comes north towards our house is a couple feet below the ridge line of the main house, so that it's actually going up closer to five feet because it's below by about a foot and a half to two feet. So in addition to the whole thing going up three and a half feet from the main gable at the top, this one's going up even more because it's originally lower. Um, so that issue, that's an issue for us. You can see here the windows um, we've highlighted in yellow, the challenge, you know, where the windows are coming in. We can skip to slide six. So this is 
This is our view from the, our, the upper side of our property. And you can see that in addition to having all the views towards the bay, we have a lot of the, most of the views towards the garden as well. And if this is the area that we are looking into the new house as it comes up. So next slide, slide seven from the foyer, which is, you know, we walk back and forth on the interior of the house frequently, we will see the yellow triangle here that I've highlighted in the bottom left corner. That's where the new construction pops through um, and, and it's windows and we'll see it at night and we do see it during the day. It's less visible when they're just flags and strings. Um, and there is there is an oak tree there and it offers some protection. Um, but when you look up, you're gonna see this monolithic mass um, rising above the laurel, laurel uh, hedge that we put in. We put in the laurel hedge originally to block. Uh, shortly after we bought the home, people had the house then put in the big windows on that second floor. Um, and unfortunately it gave us views directly into their bedroom and bathroom. So we put up the laurel hedge to block that. And then this now jumps up another, another level. Um, slide eight, the next slide. This shows the concern. We, we do a lot of entertaining, obviously that the garden is a big piece of our house. And this shows from the garden where the new um, North Gable pops through and it's very visible and there's a lot of glass. And what we're really asking for is if there's any way to do some sort of consideration. We talked about in October and they came back with the story polls and nothing had changed, um, but just some sort of consideration for the privacy issue and knowing that they want to build a bigger home, it makes sense, but we need some additional privacy issues. Last next slide I'll just show quickly is the view from the master bedroom. Apologies, sir. Uh, three minutes is up. Okay. Thank you very much for your Thank comments. You. Thank you very much. Chair, looking to the audience once more for raised hands. Please, sir. Please state your name and address for the record. You have three minutes. Hi, I'm uh, Tom Scunda. I live at 141 Santa Rosa. At the bottom of that driveway that you guys have seen, hopefully by now, uh, I'm here with P Patricia Shea. We live, both live at 141. Um, I guess the main thing I wanted to check in with you on is to see if you've actually been to the site. We sent pictures. Uh, I think there's been some presented here uh, tonight just talking about how, oh, it's easy in and out. It's a small project. Um, we did meet with uh, Peter and Heather on the 1st of June and we expressed some concerns. And I think they heard those concerns, but this construction management plan is gonna be a really big deal. Um, this is a this is probably an 18 month project, maybe longer. I don't know how often you guys run into projects happening on time, but the thought of this on this driveway and in close proximity, how close we are to each other, this going on 18 months or 24 months or whatever it would be, it's alarming. And we shared that with Peter and Heather. Um, Lewis, who's at 143, is not here tonight. He's, he's out of town, but I know he sent a letter as well. So I'd love to learn more about what we do moving forward with the construction management plan. Um, I guess because this is a private driveway, the city feels, well, anything can happen. We don't have to worry about whether, oh, a truck gets stuck or not. We can't get in and out. We can't go to work. We can't get out for emergency services or whatever we need. We've lived on in this place for 27 years, see trucks, small vans caught all the time trying to make ill-advised turns. And the thought of construction trucks, suppliers coming in and out, what that could do during the day or evening, 
it is not uncommon for vans to get caught there from three in the afternoon to one in the morning. And imagine that if I think if any of you are living on this driveway, you would look at this 18 month project, what is possibly a small footprint change and the scale, the scope of this project and go, wow, we better take a look at this. So I think we're all for Peter and Heather improving their home. We, we think that's great. We just want you to really look carefully uh, at the scope of this and the impact it's gonna have uh, and uh, what it's gonna mean for that construction management uh, project. Also, two little points before I forget. There was a discussion about uh, any additional excavation. We were told in the meeting on the first with the neighbors that in order to get materials in and out because there's no space between 143 and 145, that besides parking a lot of materials on the where the garage is or carport right now, materials might have to go under the house in order to get into the backyard or something like that. So that should be clarified. Uh, and the other point, uh, I didn't have a notepad with me today, but two car uh, parking in front of the carport might not be there. And I just want clarification on that. Thank you, sir, for your comments. Thank you. Looking to the audience once more for hands raised. Sir, please step forward. Please state your name and address for the record, and we will put three minutes on the clock. Great. Evening, Commissioner, Council. Uh, Sean Calloway, 155 Santa Rosa, the other half of this. Um, just want to build on what Russ pointed out, the lift at the front of the property. It's also proposed that that front door come forward two feet. So it's coming forward two feet, going up five feet. It's that mass that we're considering problematic and would like to... Um, see if there's any way that it could be pulled back or minimized or reduced. There's so much room behind the property going up three stories plus a fourth at the very face front of the property feels daunting. Um, and being all glass, it's going to just uh, recreate the movie screen that we were looking at before when they put the windows in the lower floor. So um, we've worked hard to create privacy. We'd like to see it maintained and would like some cooperation or consideration on the third floor bump out forward and up, we'd like to see it come down and back. <clears throat> Secondly, the new garage is proposed to be wider and come closer. We have an existing property line situation. It's reduced down to three feet in the new plan. With the overhangs, it's 18 inches. That's awfully close. Just looking at it, it's awfully close. So like some consideration about the garage placement to the adjacent building <clears throat> and the distance between. Uh, lastly, thank you for the time here. Um, <clears throat> lastly, we've talked a lot about the driveway. Um, it is a dangerous situation. The car's getting stuck, the truck's getting st stuck. And I don't assume that Peter and Heather are going to be there to manage this. I don't know how you'd live in the house that's going under that kind of construction. So who is going to manage that traffic on the driveway? Um, because it has been uh, not only damaging to, the, to our property, but dangerous. And uh, somebody could get seriously hurt in a big truck going off the edge. Um, Let's see. <clears throat> yeah, so those two considerations on the house back and down on the third floor, pulling the garage back. And then lastly, a good plan for uh, fixing the driveway. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for your public comment. Looking to the audience once more, sir, please step forward. Please state your name and address for the record, and we will put three minutes on the shot clock. Uh, hello, my name's Alan Weedmer. I live at uh, 139 Santa Rosa with my wife, Michelle. We're at the very bottom of the driveway and we're not party to the agreement on the driveway that's shared by the 
property is above us. Um, just a very quick comment that would be need to be addressed in the construction management. And I sent a letter to this effect, uh, the culvert at the entrance to the driveway, which is actually on city property. So I think it would be under your management uh, is already cracked. And we're concerned that uh, heavy you know, construction trucks going up that driveway further com compromise that culvert. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed or at least taken into consideration. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Once again, looking to the audience for raised hands. Seeing none, looking to the Zoom application for raised hands. We'll give folks one minute or just another second or two to raise their hand if they're having trouble. Chair, seeing none. Thank you, Director Phipps. At, at this point, we'll bring it back up to the dais. Um, uh, we'll encourage Tom and, and Peter to stay around in case so there are uh, something that comes out of this, but the public hearing part at this point is closed. Uh, with that, uh, uh, does somebody want to start? Uh, these. Vice Chair Judius. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. These are difficult cases to deal with for sure. Um, but I, uh, in my practice, I'd seen this a lot. Um, kind of as I started with the comment to the staff, uh, it's an un unusual, one of a kind, you know, home situation. You've got a private easement. It's pretty narrow. I think I think I will want to focus um, any questions and concerns I have. You know, the the construction impacts, while temporary, I you know I can see that they're real. Um, so I want to think a little bit about that, and and if there's any way we can help you with that. Um, but with respect to the project itself, um, I frankly think this is exactly the kind of home project that South Salido would would should be embracing and encouraging. Clearly a family has moved to Sausalito and wants to grow and wants to stay here. And this is a, you know, old substandard hundred year old home that needs to be upgraded. Um, you, you're not going to put the kind of money they're going to spend on this house without making it bigger. And I think they've done the right thing to go up. Um, so I'm pretty satisfied. I'm, I'm looking forward to the other commissioners about the, what they think about the design and the height. But you know, the height limit here is 32 feet at the maximum. This height, this project is going to be 26 feet high. So still well below the, the height limit. I think it's a thoughtful design. I think they've, I think it's impressive how they've squeezed 1300 square feet into a, an additional floor um, by with trying to make it as, as thoughtful and, and less impactful as possible. So I just want to start out by saying I'm very, very impressed with the design. I'm very supportive of the addition itself. I'm happy to um, dialogue with the other commissioners here and ask you all some questions about, about the construction management. Um, I think that is a real issue. And it's an unfortunate one in that, you know, you guys are all subject, apparently there's some type of an easement <laughs> and maybe some people in the room are party to the easement and some aren't. Um, this is also somewhat common in Sausalito. We've had a few situations where um, it, you know, we, we've had a number of properties um, uh, accessing a private road. It looks like a city road, and frankly, it's not a city road. And so that those are really, really tough issues. This one doesn't seem to be quite as tough because I think it's shorter, uh, a shorter easement area, and and, and probably fewer uh, homes uh, at issue here. But um, I do think the applicant is is going to need to think about this a lot and figure out a way to assure your neighbors that um, there aren't going to be. Uh, serious problems here. Um, that said, I, I don't think there's any, uh, I, 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 there's got to be a way to figure that out. 
um, uh, that, you, that can't be something that stops this project. Any, any significant construction here is going to have that impact. Um, and so that impact just needs to be uh, addressed and mitigated in some way. And I, I'm, I we're going to apparently we're going to get the city attorney up here at some point to clarify what we can and can't do. Um, but um, I think that's where I'll, I'll leave it for now. So um, moving on. Thank you, uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, uh, thanks, Chair Luxembourg. <clears throat> um, well, let's see. Uh, I, I find a lot to like about the project. I think it's very clever the way they've uh, uh, taken the the existing space and and uh, with not adding too much. Your mic, making, your mic on. My mic is on. Yeah, yeah. make it make it work. I I am somewhat concerned though. I, I'm I'm concerned about the garage being so close to the edge of the property and potential structural problems there. Uh, if the garage was pulled in a little bit, it might affect the stairway. And it might affect the amount of uh, added space on that uh, front of the house, uh, which I wouldn't mind seeing being reduced a little bit. Um, I think that uh, um, uh, <clears throat> from a design standpoint, I think the the, the height, if, if there's any way at all to achieve this uh, goal uh, by lowering the ridge line some, I think that would be a real plus. Um, and the other thing is, from a design standpoint, uh, while generally I think it's a it's a pretty good approach, I find it to be rather busy, and we've had so many pop-outs and humps and bumps and, and balconies and 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 dormers and so on. I I feel like somehow the the, the simplicity and uh, of the original structure, which was rather nice. Uh, is gone. So that's my comments. I think there are design issues. Uh, I don't know how far uh, that will go in terms of, of uh, uh, influencing the commission uh, as far as approval goes. Uh, I would like to see some further effort personally uh, uh, to mitigate some of these problems. As far as the, the construction management and the easements, um, that's a, a sad story. Um, I'm sorry to see it uh, the way it is, but that's the way it is. And I don't know. Um, we can't do anything about that. <clears throat> I think it's it's really up to the uh, to the homeowners to resolve it uh, in some acceptable way, since we don't seem to have any jurisdiction. So well, that's that's my comments for the moment. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, Commissioner Saad. Thank you, um, Chair Luxembourg, and thank you for all the public comment and for all the presentations. Um, I, I think I share some of the concerns. This is a heightened review, and so with that in mind, you know there are extra findings that we do have to make. Um, I think overall the design. Um, my, my first take was that it was a little busy and also seeing the character of the home. It is it is a beautiful home. Completely understand that there are structural issues and, and it needs needs work. Um, I think the project makes sense from the uh, narrative. It's a great narrative and nice to have a family stay and expand. Um, 
So I, I'm hoping we can eventually come to some form of conclusion here. But um, I, I think my real noted standout concern would be some of that height that is, and I, and I don't have the northwest, east, south in front of me, so excuse me, but the looking towards the 155, um, Santa Rosa, I do, I do share some of that public comment concern um, from, from looking at it uh, in that respect. Um, I do think that our municipal code does cover all of the construction related issues overall uh, from personal experience. Um, my neighbor has been building his home for 10 plus years now. So I'm very, very empathetic of constant disturbed peace. Um, and un unfortunately it's, it's every property owner has a right to develop their home and um, it, it's, it's, everyone gets their turn. So uh, I understand the frustration, but um, you know, there are, there are practices in place in our code in terms of limits and um, noise control and when construction can work. So fortunately we won't be able to address any of that. Um, but I, I am, I do empathize with the neighbors. Um, but I really think my big standout would just be um, some of that height um, looking towards 155 Santa Rosa. Um, I'd even concede on some of the design um, for that for that height. Um, I think the color scheme now that we are understanding that that white and the shingles um, does keep in the character and and that that I appreciate um, in terms of the easement. Again, I'm I'm not going to necessarily touch that. I think our attorney made it clear that that's not not for us although i understand that those concerns as well so um i don't know if i can currently make every finding but i definitely like to hear all all our discussion points thank you commissioner Saad. um yeah this was a hard one i think this is a landlocked parcel as as um mr Toff indicated uh, today, this wouldn't be this, this, these projects that were built in the 20s wouldn't be built this way. There would be frontage on roads and whatever. It is a very steep driveway, uh, and it, the construction will be difficult. But I think the construction management plan is critical here. I think that that's included in the conditions of approval, um, and is important to be addressed. We do have a lot of steep driveways. In Sausalito, we do have lots of houses built on hills in Sausalito. This is what Sausalito is all about. So um, uh, I've had in my neighborhood, we've had projects go many years as well. So I understand the concern of that. Uh, with regard to the easement, I think that that's for the people that are part of this easement to work out the details on the construction as far as the cost and the road. The, the details for the management of construction vehicles we can take care of here, I think. I mean, that's an important part of this. I do want to ask uh, Tom a question with regard to this garage. Is it possible, I, this, is, this is the confusion I had, uh, supposedly it's uh, at least two feet off the sidelines, but it might be one and a half feet with the overhangs. Is there any possibility to reduce the size and still get two cars in and pull it back six inches or a foot to get it off the line slightly? I guess that's the question. Yeah, um, we can take- Tom, we, Can we, we can unmute take, uh, Tom if we could? Yeah, we can take a look at that. 
Um, I, I can't answer that right away. I have to just take a closer look. Tom, can um, can you can you pull up the site plan because the garage is over? Yeah, uh, I think it's about three and a half feet at its closest point to the side property line. What's happening is the I th I believe the building adjacent is on or slightly over the line right. uh, to the topo map that they've that's the basis for the site plan so that's what actually gets the buildings close there may be some building code um requirements even though the typically if you build a structure within uh within three feet of the property line you need uh, exceptional like um, fire protection measures in the wooey zone. Uh, so typically you need a, a minimum of three uh, because there's an, a structure nearby that may trigger some requirements um, for some exceptional uh, construction methods, but I, I don't know if that's the case. But the the garage itself is outside of the five foot set five foot um is intrudes into the five foot setback but still is more than three feet from the uh from the property line and one thing i did want to clarify i did check in the ordinance a landlocked parcel is required to have a side property line on all sides and one rear property line okay. and that's established so so there's no, there's no front there's setback. No front set but let me just clarify something you said. Now I see it. So the adjacent 155 Santa Rosa building is over the property line? According to the top, top, topographic map uh, survey that they have on, on file. Okay, because when I visited 155, I came out the rear door of that onto where the garage is. And it is closer than, now I understand why it's closer than the, the two feet, the three right. feet, because that property is not on the property uh, on the property it's supposed to be on. So uh, right. I get it. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you for that, and thank you, Tom, for that. Um, if, and if I may, one other yes. clarification, because sure. uh, Commissioner Saad brought up the issue of an extended construction project, uh, ten years in the running, I guess, uh, is reflected in the. Uh, conditions of approval the city does have an ordinance that requires a time limits that applies time limits for construction depending on the valuation of the work it may be a year 18 months or two years um and i'm not sure what applies to this but we do have time limits so that may not have been in in force at the time that that building permit was made but we do uh restrict that now uh, thank you, Mr. Toff. Um, so uh, my thoughts on this are that, I mean, I, everyone has a right to build. This is, uh, uh, I understand the concern about the height. I was on 155 Santa Rosa. There are parts of it that will be visible. There are parts at 155 Santa Rosa where this is shielded. In fact, where the where the fireplace was, it was in the picture, you cannot see this. But as you get into that driveway, you can see this. Uh, um, but it, you know, the, we, uh, from 155 looking down in the people across the street, they look down on people when you're built into a hill, this occurs. I think the, the applicant here has tried very hard to work with the abutters and come up with a sensitive design. They are still, I think six feet, maybe, um, 
no, four, uh, three and a half, four feet below the maximum height limit for the pro project. I think they're coming up with a height that is needed to make this project work. Um, and I was concerned about the uh, the garage, but now that I realize the abutting property is over the line, I, I think that that's a little less of a concern. I think that the mo the major issues that I'm hearing from the abutters uh, at 141 and 143 are related to this driveway. I think that needs to be addressed in the construction management plan. Uh, uh, workers are going to have to carpool to the site. We see that in a lot of places all over Sausalito where, you know, instead of coming with four cars, they come with one car with four people and they park in another area. That's for the construction uh, manager that's from the contractor to work out and CDD will work with them to make sure that there's a construction management plan that does that. And I think that's part of the restrictions here. Um, I, you know, there's no good solution. Construction does take a while. I think if, if the contractor is sensitive to the neighbors, then the deliveries come during normal hours. They don't work Saturdays. They don't uh, usually, they sometimes do. They can't work Sundays and holidays. Uh, and so, and there are noise restrictions. So I think well, the city has various things in place and, and we can do that. I think that all things considered, uh, they've tried to do the best they can. And I, could, I, I think I can make the findings for this project. Um, without uh, questions, further questions, uh, Vice Chair Junior. I just want to continue the discussion. Thank you, Chair um, Luxembourg. So, um, Commissioner Graf, are with the with the fact now that we understand, I, I can see it clearly now. I didn't notice it before that the that the proximity of the garage is partially because one fifty five's building is over the property line. That that's, that seems to again. <laughs> and I'm also curious: um, are there are there immediate design changes that might be straightforward enough. I mean, I, you know, to the extent I, I'm just a lawyer, not an architect, but I, I do maybe see what you're saying in terms of the busyness. Are there windows that could easily be removed? These, some of these small windows that, you know, is there something you'd like to make some comments? I'd, if, if there's a way to get this across the finish line tonight, it'd be great. I'd rather not have this come back, you know. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't have the drawings in front of me. So I, I couldn't comment on the windows really uh, succinctly at this point. Well, could, yeah, could we um, could we put up the, the 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 nice rendering at the very front? I think kind of distract. Could somebody bring the very that that the well, there's that image, but the just page. the very first page. I think is if yeah. we can even blow that yeah, up. The, uh -huh. the 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 rendering I think is really interesting, and and there's a lot of windows. <laughs> so yeah. some of the I think some of them are are almost decorative. The like the little corner ones at the top that are in that that front. The front uh, oh, dormer. Uh, dormer. Yeah, I mean, if if like if those went, that that would clean up. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure which of the windows are the ones that that might be in question in terms of uh, privacy issues. Um, I would assume that. Well, well, this, well, this one, I, windows, but I'm right? curious about you. You were just trying to clean up the design. Oh, it's oh. too busy. I mean, I thought that was something we'd like to get resolved. Oh. Um. I mean, yeah, I I think I'm really more more um, uh, concerned about the pop-outs. I mean, it, it it just somehow it 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 it's conflict in my mind. It's conflicting with the with the form with the with the with the one the pop out in the, the in the building other, that little bay there that yeah, that's the really bay. on top and of it. Yeah. I was looking at the plans and 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 it buys a few more feet 
inside, but it is not a required space. So, what, so I just feel like it could be simplified a little bit. And, and uh, it, basically, as I said, it's a nice solution uh, and it's a, it's a nice approach. I just think it's not quite cooked in my, uh, that, from my standpoint. But um, anyway, uh, otherwise, I, yeah, it's a good project. Is it is it not cooked enough that you're going to move for continuance <laughs> and, and ask them to do some things? I or? would like to see a little more study on the building. That would be my preference. Yes, I'm not quite ready to approve at this point. So, I think we should probably give some specific direction in in that regard. Um, I wouldn't disagree in terms of the pop house. That was my initial reaction in terms of in form of of the building. Um, I don't know. Just there's a I know in keeping with the footprint, which is a lot of the intention here. But there is a very large rear setback. And it's not necessarily to solution, but I'm just wondering if it was thought about to go to the rear versus that addition facing 155, um, just as some general feedback. But I don't know if that's going to make sense for the overall project. Um, it's just notably a lot of space. But I agree in terms of the driveway. I think that's, that's completely resolved at this point. Um, but... I just, I'm looking specifically at, and in this, in the packet, it's I, um, the project provides a reasonable level of privacy to the site and adjacent properties. That's, that's where I'm wavering um, in terms of being able to make that finding. Um, but like I said, I would, I would concede on, on design if I, if we could maybe help address that. Um, but I too, I'm not, I'm not crazy about the pop out, but I think I'm, my sticking point is finding uh, I, which might have a number elsewhere, but does anyone else share that? I mean, I, I understand the privacy issue, but I'll tell you the amount of landscaping that is around here, that it's gonna grow further up, that uh, compared to a lot of other places in Sausalito, this privacy issue is even from 155, and I understand their concerns, but yeah, there are parts of that backyard that that are the main part where the dry, where the um, fireplace is. That you can't see this building. So, so uh, even at this height, so it, it really there are a couple places where it, where you're in the middle where the cars go that you can see it, and they use that area. And I I understand that, but I don't. I think this is a reasonable height for this building, and don't think that privacy is the issue. I mean, the busyness. We might be able to solve by by adjusting that pop out, but I I think the I think they've they've gone out of their way to address the neighbors both on Spencer and 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 at 155 the best they can in the backyard they do have this ADU so there's not that much room back there so uh, and and they're not looking at these they've got sloped roofs these are not unreasonable heights for a, for a building so. And they're again, they're below the zoning limit. So, uh, I, you know, and and again, you, if you look at the when you look at it from the aerial, the amount of landscaping around this is immense, and it's going to keep growing. So, 
I, I think that, you know, the privacy issues can be handled by landscaping and other issues. Um, so I, I, you know, was with regard to the pop-out, I, I, I don't know about that Juliet balcony either, but, you know, it doesn't bother me, but uh, I, I, we can ask whether that's a critical part of the square footage. I was trying to look in, on the plan and see where that is in this thing. And yeah, I, I totally agree on the privacy issues here. I mean, the only way to eliminate the issue that 155, I think, is raised is to eliminate that window. And that's, that doesn't appear appropriate because that's beautiful new living space and they need light and air. And um, so, uh, but yeah, the pop-out is interesting. I'm wondering if um, if the architect has any comments about how much square footage would be lost there, if there's a easy easy fix that could keep this moving. Tom, Tom, can you show us uh, a, so the site, uh, not a site plan, the floor plan where that pop out in that Juliet balcony, it's not really a Juliet balcony because you can go out to it, but uh, can you show that on a floor plan? Yes. Let you share your screen. Yeah. Can I just add a comment here as well that the pop out is part of the current house as is? Oh, <laughs> really? oh okay. <laughs> really? Uh, can, if you're able to share that, can you go back to your original? Can you go show your original um, drawing? Your first drawing showed the comparison of the two because that would be useful. Oops. Okay. Um, um, the, the presentation part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here. So I can zoom in. It may not be very visible here, but there is a, whoops, there is um, a small bay with a, a gable roof above it on the east side of the bedroom currently, and so, oh, that's not much. you know, that's that's, that's sort of balcony a, on top of it. You're not the pop out's an existing pop out. It's an existing there. There is an, an existing pop out. However, we're enlarging it. Um, you know, again with the with the increase in height and with the addition of the floor and putting a balcony on top of it. But there is a small projecting window bay there now yeah so if you could go to the floor plan and show us where that is on the floor plan the proposed floor plan that would be helpful so i would just thank you for that but it's it, it it certainly got bigger and more noticeable i think that's what we're seeing so right so um it's sort of at the bottom of the screen on the left this is existing it it projects i don't have a tool to measure in a PDF here, but maybe it's about a foot out and the proposal is about 30 inches. So it's a win becomes a window seat um, as part of that, um, you know, cottage detail. And sometimes it's like a built-in uh, window seat with a cushion. We thought that'd be a nice uh, reimagining of that small bay. Okay, and can you show us the next floor up where the balcony then is? Right, so that would be off the primary bedroom, um, and otherwise there are there are windows facing north, but these are obviously doors that could be opened and to allow a lot more air and to step out, you know, and take in the view. Uh, also, just this is just a question. I'm not suggesting it, but if that pop out was removed and the it became an actual Juliet balcony, which is just you leave the doors and you put railings that from a design point of view, it's physically possible to do that. It is. Yeah. 
I guess the, not sure. Yeah, if it, would that be something you think would help with this design of this? Um, as this as this discussion progresses, uh, I'm beginning to back off my my uh, critique of the pop out. I, I can see the balcony, and I can understand the balcony being the top of the pop out. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to pursue that any further. Uh, um, I'm I'm getting pretty sold here. Yeah. I mean, I, they're not the same. The, the pop out I visited the property. It's going to look much different. But I'm again, that's not my that's not my sticking point here. So I'm not going to I'm not going to argue about the the pop out. But yeah. it is a it, it is an addition. I'm not crazy about it, but that's not my issue. I do want to just maybe ask us and maybe staff, um, since we understand where the easement situation lies and that's out of our scope. Um, but if that culvert is public property, excuse me, city property, um, it, do we need to address anything there if there is any potential damage or is that something down the line from building and Nothing to do uh, Mr. with us. Mr. Toff, if you could come to the podium. And I, there is already a condition of approval requiring repair and replacement of damaged public facilities in the right of way. So that's a standard city condition requiring all applicants. We require all applicants to repair any damage to streets and to public property. Okay. And that's, again, assuming that culvert is, in fact, public property. It may not be. Sure. Yeah, and I know of that condition. I just didn't know if we need to call anything out specifically or if there's anything to expand on there, but just a question. Yeah, the uh, it, it wasn't identified. Typically, public works will um, identify if there are specific items of concern or something of that nature, but that would probably come more uh, as part of the building permit process and the encroachment permit for any sure. work in the right-of-way and part of the construction management plan as they really identify what are, how are they going to park, how are they going to travel. And they do um, uh, try to document some of the infrastructure in the area and identify that that's a way of knowing is there damage that's been done because of the construction that needs to get fixed. And uh, this doesn't help necessarily the owners or the people who share the driveway itself, but in terms of the public infrastructure, the city also ch charges a, um, a road maintenance fee for construction. So there are monies that go back into general road repairs and things from all construction projects. Because there's an assumption, there's gonna be damage that occurs that we don't catch. And so that's that's part of uh, just from trucks and everything up and down the roadways. Sure. Thank you for expanding on that. Okay. That's Thank you, makes Commissioner Saad. I have a question to Director Phipps. Um, uh, do you, are you comfortable with the language for the construction management plan when, I mean, this is going to come back to the building department and your department that when we get to construction, there are going to be issues. Uh, the easement, obviously, they have to work out themselves, but related to if there's construction vehicles blocking that, that, that you'll be able to manage that with the wording that you have in this 
notice of approval or do we need to modify that? I guess that's the question. I personally believe that the language at current is sufficient um, and gives us sufficient authority uh, and gives us sufficient direction. You know, just, just as a uh, high level note, this is city of Sausalito. These hills, these turns, these kinds of projects in the hills um, on narrow streets are part and parcel to living in this city and building in this city. Uh, so again, I believe that the language is sufficiently worded. Uh, thank you, Director Phipps. Uh, other uh, comments at this point from? Uh, I just neglected to say before that um, from what I can, I, I was not able to really explore the site from all the angles just because I can't do it physically. <clears throat> but um, it seems to me that the, uh, the, the visual and the privacy issues are really not major issues. And I think a lot of that will get covered with landscape in time. And so I, I, I don't see that as a, as a real uh, deterrent. So as I said, I think, I think uh, I'm pretty satisfied that, 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 that I can make the findings now. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Uh, I'll look for Commissioner Junius. Do you have any I was uh, Commissioner stuff? Just going to say, I I think based on the math from looking at the staff report and and the distance of a hundred feet and the conversation around the landscaping, um, I can understand the opposition from one fifty five. It feels looming to me to be honest from a from the visual from the photos but i guess from the 100 feet aspect i think i think i can concede there especially given the concept around the vegetation growing uh thank you commissioner saad uh commissioner juniors i'd make a motion to approve um as recommended by staff with conditions of approval as proposed by staff second Thank you. Uh, any further discussion? Uh, with that, Director Phipps, if you could take the roll, please. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Yes. Motion passes. Uh, thank you. Thank you for staff on this. A lot of work and thank you for all the butters coming out and identifying the issues and which CDD can manage. Thank you. Uh, with that, we move to the next item, which is adjournment. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, members of the public.